Hi everyone, welcome back to Dice and Decepticons, a TTRPG actual play podcast set in the Transformers universe. My name is Robert Kerr, I'm the host and GM of the show. In this episode, Stuart and I will be playing Masks along with some friends from our regular role-playing group. In the last episode, we met our three young heroes, Mayfly, Waydown, and Chainlink as they battled against the nefarious misappearance. Now they have another crisis, getting to school on time. We rejoin the story as the heroes rush to school. Okay, so y'all are late to class. How do you get to class on time? Very fast, with superhuman speed. Um... Lev is used to this, so he decreases his gravity and uses it to propel himself faster, to move faster. Okay, cool. And at times he'll actually even jump over obstacles and stuff, so you just kind of see him running and then suddenly jumps over a median or something or uh, or a car or whatever have you. Very nice. So I imagine the effect looks like you'd be running on a place with low gravity, like a Yeah, like that. Nice, okay. very cool. And uh, how does uh, how does yours look, Mayfly? Do you just have the superhuman strength and speed? It's superhuman strength and speed. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Um. Yeah, I'd imagine see me rushing a, a lot. Uh, maybe using those black tendrils to prof- to propel myself forward or over large obstacles. Awesome. So the two of you uh, race to class, you zip through the city to your high school, um, and you manage to reach it just as the uh, first bell uh, for class is starting to ring. All right. Yeah, time to toss the superhero outfit in a, in a locker, and uh, I guess I've probably got some kind of school outfit underneath that. Um, I probably just dressed really basic, like t-shirt uh yeah long sleeve t-shirt to hide the uh withered blackened arm (laughs) (laughs) nice okay so you guys rush to class and now chain link you also work at halcyon high right um yeah yes i do probably as uh probably as it just you know frequenting every other class that needs a projector realigned or uh, windows that won't open. No, I probably get there, uh, leave all my human clothes on the roof, um, <laughs> climb in through an air vent. Uh, I'm gonna say that the uh, human sort of mask sort of comes out like organically from around, kind of like an Iron Man mask. Um, but as far as clothes and overall appearance, I look. Chainlink looks like a Mormon that hasn't slept in three days. <laughs> kind of like, uh, I guess sort of like Constantine, maybe. Like, 
just, you know, there's a tie, but it's off, and there's a shirt, but it's half tucked in, and, like, you know, it's, it's, it's human, but it doesn't look great. So, typical IT guy. Got it. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Okay. So, Mayfly and Waydown, um, Vincent and Stuart, uh, the two of you uh, race down the hall, trying to make it to your first class in time. You get there, and you pull open the door. Um, Waydown, what do you think uh, the first class is that you guys have together? Um, surprisingly, it's math. It's actually going to be some for geometry. And Vincent, who is the teacher? I'm tempted to say it's poor Mr. Brown, but we've got a long-term substitute in now. Oh, uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe Mr. Brown has, like, finally uh, come off leave. Yeah, that's why he's doing, he's teaching math, because the whole gym thing didn't work out for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can you uh, tell us a little bit about Mr. Brown, and can you also describe how he got into the state he's in? Okay, so poor Mr. Brown, he's just always been that one teacher who you can go to with any problem, who can do, who just, everyone loves this guy. Unfortunately, at our first major superhero outing, uh, he was in the stands at the local football stadium when a supervillain attacked, and he got injured in the crossfire by a, a, a bit of misfortune. A rather large explosion kind of hit him upside the head. And, uh, shattered several ribs, uh, much of, yeah. Uh, one of his arms is now, uh, barely functional, and he had a nasty concussion. Now, most of the media reports pin the blame for his injury on Way Down. Yeah, and the reason for that is, um, when the three of you first, <clears throat> excuse me, when the three of you first came together, um, Way Down... During the fight, you basically leveled the entire stadium uh, while the three of you were fighting the Wraith. Yes, I did. And uh, is one of the... a strong influence on Way Down, is that incident in particular. That and another incident that we'll get to some other time, but... Sure. Uh, so here's what I think happens. Uh, you guys open the door, and you're surprised to see Mr. Brown, because up until now you've had a substitute. Connor, uh, what does Mr. Brown look like? I'm going to say he's got the... I'm trying to think of a teacher to put to mind. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to say he's a uh, he, you know, very big gym teacher. He's still wearing the gym teacher clothes. <laughs> um... Maybe, you know, a little, little out of shape because of, you know, his bed rest. Um, definitely bald on top. Uh, big red beard. Uh, still wearing, uh, like, the, uh, the baseball shorts and the, you know, golf tee. Huh. And probably still has, like, a, uh, you know, you know he's, he's still hurting, but he doesn't want to look you know, too vulnerable. So he's kind of leaning on a golf club as he's walking around <laughs> class and using it to point at things. <laughs> 
Nice, nice. I like that a lot. So the two of you step into the classroom, um, way down. Actually, um, can you remind me what your human, your regular name is? Lev. Lev. So Lev, you step into the classroom and you see Mr. Brown there. And for one thing, you're shocked because he's been on leave this whole time. And the other thing is that his right arm is uh, really severely injured. And um, uh, it's similar to like um, a, a stroke victim, how their arm just, you, uh, they can't, they lose motion. And uh, I think that that sight gives you a wave of guilt. So please mark guilt under your conditions. Yep. As you enter, he turns and he says, Ah, Martin, Lev. Good to see you, boys. Why don't you guys have a seat? Try not to be late to my class next time, huh? Sorry, Mr. Brown. We'll try to make sure it doesn't happen again. <laughs> and I'll just go ahead and take a seat somewhere. <laughs> um, Lev quietly nods very slightly and sits down near the back of the room. Okay. Now, Lev, have you explicitly been hiding your superhero persona? No, because he can't. Because of this incident and another one before this, uh, everyone knows who Lev is. Everyone knows about his powers. The journal, you know, uh, the press got to it. And so he can't hide. He can't pretend to be someone else or whatever have you. So everyone's completely aware that he's the one who did that and uh, why superhero enemies and everything. Sure, sure. So here's what I think happens. As you're walking by, he kind of steps in front of you with the, his back to the class and leans over and whispers to you, no hard feelings. All right? You did your best. And he claps you on the shoulder with his good hand. Now he, um, so adults start with influence over you. And what he is doing is he is trying to shift your labels using his influence. Now I think he would be trying to... Sounds like he'd be trying to bring down the freak. I think he's trying to bring down danger because uh, danger is the ability to cause harm. And he is trying to, yeah, uh, bring up your savior. Now you can choose to accept his words, uh, which means in character you uh, probably feel a little better, or you can reject them. And in that case, your labels would stay the same. Okay. Well, sees uh, Mr. Brown kind of get his little shook up at first and tries to walk away to his desk when suddenly Mr. Brown comes comes up to him, claps him on the uh, shoulder and says, you know, things are okay. At first, uh, Lev flinches and then after, what, after hearing the t teacher, he just kind of nods a little bit and quickly gets to his seat but he doesn't process it or doesn't, um, so they doesn't process it. He doesn't accept it. 
because the sight of the teacher's arm is a little too gruesome to dismiss, to just say that uh, everything's fine. And far too many people in the press and people around him have said too much for him to just take the words as they are right now. Okay, so that means you are rejecting his influence. So go ahead and roll, and you don't add anything to this roll. Okay, two dice, right? Yep, roll two dice. Eight, five and three. Okay, so that means you get to choose one from the list, and it means you hold yourself and you get to tune them out. So you can either clear a condition or mark potential by proving him wrong immediately. You can shift one label up and one label down of your choice. Or you can cancel their influence and take plus one forward against them. Uh, let me think here. Because what he's trying to do is... Okay, what, one of the first ones said was I shift my own labels, correct? Yeah, yep, you get mm -hmm. to pick. Okay, but does that mean that my character says something to him or something like that? Or... Okay, because I wasn't thinking that that's what happened. Yeah, um... He actually shifts his own labels to more negative stance. His danger goes up one, and his savior goes down one. Uh, what's exact your, opposite. What's your danger at right now? Two. It goes up to three. Okay. <laughs> savior goes down to negative one. Awesome. I really like that. Okay. So, Lev, you take a seat, and just as you're sitting down, uh, Connor, your character enters... You were told to help Mr. Brown set up his projector. So, Dan, you enter the room. You've got this ancient projector under your arm. Mr. Brown sees you, and he waves. Ah, young Mr. Dan Smith. Come on in. Can you set that up while I start my lecture? Sure thing, boss. Uh, good to see you up and on your feet. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. He's, you know, struggling with this projector on a stand, and Oh, sorry, sometimes, you know, just have to, you know, uh, give it a give it a smack, you know, pretends to smack it, hits it with its other hand, be like, listen, I need you to really cooperate with me. I know you're from, like, the 1900s, but please work, and, you know, that somehow makes it flicker on, and uh, shapes and graphs appear. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. You're a robot, and you can communicate with technology. And the projector obediently flickers on. Uh, the whole thing is pretty old. It's, uh, the light is faded. It's from, like, 1989, literally. But you get that set up, and, uh, you're fiddling with it and helping him, uh, with that. So, Martin, you sit down in one of the few open seats and you are sitting next to the hero known as Zetabite. Of course right now she's dressed as her alter ego. So she's wearing civilian clothes, she's not in costume, right. and she's known as Candace. Candace with a K. Is that yeah. what we settled yeah. on? Candace yes. with a K. <laughs> so you sit down next to Zetabite, aka Candace. She glances over as you take a seat, and she nods. Okay. 
I nod back and uh, do my best not to blush. <laughs> Candace is tall and athletic with blonde hair. Uh, she is a cheerleader. She is an honor student, and she's also the protege to one of the Power Five. The Power Five are the top heroes that are still active in the city. And one of them took her under his wing. Gigabyte? Huh. <laughs> Actually, I went with Megabyte. I love okay. it. Because he's older, you know. He doesn't need as much storage to get it done. Exactly. Zetabyte is the protege to Megabyte. You settle yourself in your seat. I think that, Stuart, your character is probably sitting, like, right behind Vincent's character. So, Martin is seated right next to Zetabyte, and then you are seated right behind him, so you can kind of overhear their conversation. Yep. Normally, Candace pretty much ignores you guys. During the big fight where all of you came together... She teamed up with you guys to drive off the Wraith, who is a supervillain that you defeated together. Yeah, and you guys, like, worked well together and everything, but she has showed zero interest in fighting alongside you guys. And, and you guys have been fighting, you know, like, kind of bottom-of-the-barrel, uh, low-tier villains. Uh, the not-super-dangerous ones. But you, uh, you did make the uh, fourth page of the newspaper when you stopped a minor villain and what do you think his name was Connor uh shoot let's go with uh gray water sounds really <laughs> sounds really cool but it's a it's a sewer based villain he lives in the sewer and backs up people's toilets and real, real pain in the butt but also nothing too cinematic <laughs> now that's scary I love that that's awesome. Yeah, so you guys took out Greywater uh, a couple weeks back and made page four of the Halcyon Times. And uh, uh, the picture uh, features you guys standing there with a sanitation worker who's shaking Martin's hand awkwardly and handing him a tiny golden plunger. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, which hand was I shaking with? Was it the normal hand or the one that's the withered mummy hand? The normal one. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Sounds good. Yes, I have I have it framed on the wall. <laughs> Back at <laughs> nice. HQ. Right on yeah, right over the plunger. <laughs> um so as you're sitting there talking, uh so the projector Dan is kinda like on and off working, but you you pretty much get it working. Mr. Brown, he's kind of been waiting for you to get that set up and everything. And he goes, "Tell you what, do you uh, do you have any place to be?" Uh, nowhere, sir. Nowhere. Uh, yep, just you know, in normal human places. Yep, human places. This looks. Yeah, the best. Looks around, sees a lot of humans right here. <laughs> Great, yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, why don't you hang around for another minute just to make sure that this thing actually keeps working. You can I, take a seat yeah, there sir. in the back. Yes, I do my best not to visibly face Palm when he says all the stuff about the normal human places. 
sort of go to the back, police sit on a chair all backwards and try to look cool, maybe look awkward. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, so you go to the back of the classroom. He hands you a, a clicker because uh, he can't do his presentation and uh, click at the same time. But, yeah, you find yourselves uh, in the back uh, sitting all together. And so Candace uh, leans over to Martin and says, hey, nice job with Greywater. I go, yeah, I do my best not to be too obvious uh, with Again, giant blush says definitely slowly building and go. Thanks, yeah, thanks, Candace. <laughs> <laughs> Click. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, you click it and it goes to the next slide and it's about geometry, but for some reason he needs slides. Nice. Uh, Candace leans over again and she goes, um, I might need help with something. Yeah, immediately I'm just like, just giant lump in my throat, and I go, okay, it's after school. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. She nods, and that's it. You guys sit through the rest of the class pretty quietly, and then that's about it with her since you guys have separate classes. So, um, unless there's any scenes you guys want to have, I think, Martin, you make arrangements to meet at your base with Candace later and the team. Mm-hmm. If that works. All right. Uh, how do you tell the rest of the team? Uh, let's see. Is any of us telepathic? I take that as a no. <laughs> so. I mean, I could have overheard it and just been like, oh, hey, they're meeting up. They need some help. Hmm. And I'd probably... Tell Lev, like, hey, they need some help. Yeah, probably would have just uh, given them notes in the lunchroom. We both show up, and we're, like, the opposite of (laughs) third-wheeling. You know, we're, like, yeah, like, four-wheeling. You know, just being the worst wingman. Like, hey, we're here to help. What do you need help with? (laughs) I just, uh, I just do facepalm at this point, and I'm like... Candace needs our help. Don't make this awkward, please. <laughs> yeah, sure thing. No problem. You weren't trying to, you know, you weren't planning on like this kind of being a just you two thing, like a <laughs> like a romance no, thing. She I, I, need, yeah, she needs our help. Okay, cool. I know some humans do romance, but some don't, and just making sure. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Um, I do my best not to say giant toasters usually don't talk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just kind of... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Love just kind of nods and is kind of quiet right now. Uh, Okay, cool. So the three of you rendezvous at the base a little bit early. Uh, Mayfly... What is this base? What does it look like? Uh, and where is it exactly? Okay, so it looks like just a giant, uh, well, a ziggurat, you know? And sitting in the middle of the city for some reason. It is disturbingly obvious, but don't have a whole lot of choices in the matter. Um... It used to be a prison for a particular for a powerful for a powerful dark entity, 
a wraith, just like the one that we recently dealt with at the football stadium. Um, Interesting. But, I, yeah. And we mainly stick to the top floor where there's just a room where we've got typical teenager stuff, you know, some posters on the walls, a golden plunger, um, uh, a very, very long extension cord that hooks <laughs> up to our mini fridge so that we can drink all the Mountain Dew, you know, <laughs> and it's nice cold Mountain Dew. The extension cord goes all the way to the 7-Eleven down the street. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then an old futon that looks like it's about to fall apart, but somehow hasn't yet. Yeah, this has been your guys' base of operations. Um, and that's been ever since you joined forces, which is probably about three months ago. Yeah, sounds about right. Cool. Mm-hmm. So you guys show up a little early. You guys have a little conversation. Um and as you're doing that, Zetabite wanders in. She wears, it's a, a jumpsuit that's very uh, Tron-inspired 1980s, kind of a black jumpsuit with, like, neon highlights. The uh, These stripes of color are all glowing, kind of a, a, a light green, kind of a neon green. Her suit also has a helmet with a visor, but she has that off at the moment. She wanders into your Zuggerat and kind of glances around. As she enters and she kind of stops in the doorway and then, like, makes a face. She sees, like, the old futon in the corner and the golden plunger that's mounted on the wall. There's, like, old Mountain Dew cans all over the place yeah. and empty Dorito bags. It's not an old plunger, it's a gold plunger! <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Nice. Bonus points for dad jokes. Anyway, she finally steps into the room with her arms crossed, and she kind of goes, uh, Hey, guys. Mm-hmm. So, your base is a giant zuggerat in the middle of downtown Halcyon City? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. So, what did you need help with? <laughs> she reaches down to her utility belt and pulls out a disc. She releases it, and instead of falling, it hovers into the air, and she taps it once, and a hologram appears. It is an image of an extremely muscular supervillain. Oh. This is Piledriver. Hmm. And my intel suggests that he is about to pull off an extremely large heist today. Unfortunately, Megabyte is caught up with some other city council business, And ordinarily, he would be available to help. It's my responsibility to deal with him, and I think I will probably need some backup on this one. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and take a moment to study this pile driver. So, would we have heard of this guy before? Uh, what do you guys think? He is... Oh, I should say... Um, so heroes and villains are divided into like different eras of their basically their generations. And Pile Driver is from the Bronze Era, which is a generation before mm-hmm. you guys. And uh, he's kind of a middling villain in the middle. You had a question, Stu? No, it was a comment that the character wanted to make. Um, Lev 
chimes in for a moment and says, um, sorry, but you're asking us for help. Don't you have any other contacts? Hmm. Hold on, let me think about that. I'm trying to decide whether or not I slap a black tendril over his mouth. (laughs) I think... Here's what I think happens. She stiffens... Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I'm just gonna. Okay, yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, I just want to cut in before he says anything else and go. And go. That's not important. What's important right now is dealing with this pile driver guy. Are you sure we can do it? Yeah. So she speaks up and she says, You know, I would have picked a different team, but this was the only one available to work with. Oh, okay. I'm not exactly thrilled, but you got to make do with what you got. Okay, I understand. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I think... um, Now, she has influence over... Actually, who does she have influence over? Uh, Me. Let me check. (laughs) Probably all of us. Yeah, she has influence over me. (laughs) Oh, she does. Okay, this is fun. So I think that what she is doing is she is shifting your labels, and she's shifting your superior label down. Yep. And she is probably shifting your freak level up. Okay, Okay. well, my superior... Here's the thing. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) If your superior, superior is already at three or your freak is already at three then you get a condition if you accept her words. Uh, my superior is already at minus one, but... Oh, yeah, it would go to minus two. Now, now again, each of you can try and reject her influence. If you fail, though, you take a condition and your labels shift anyways. Uh, yeah, Martin doesn't feel very superior, so... I'll just eat it. I'll probably go along with it. She's, you know, she's pretty influential over me. I admire a high-tech superhero, and we're all trying to figure things out. Okay. How about you, Stu? Oh, yeah. He took it to heart immediately. He's practically fishing for it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're all like, yep, we're free. (laughs) (laughs) Because understand right now, uh, Lev is feeling very guilty about the teacher's arm, and then suddenly she's there, and it reminds him of what happened at the stadium. So at this point, he's like, now she's asking us for help. What's wrong, you know? Why don't she ask us for help? I almost killed someone, kind of thing. <laughs> so. Yep. Okay. All right. So everyone just kind of swallowed it then. Um, so your freak goes up one, and your superior goes down. So yeah, so she finishes saying that. What um, what do you guys do or say? Okay, we were just at. Um... Oh, uh, here, here's what I think happens. She shakes her head. Sorry, shouldn't have let that one out. She waves her hand over the hologram, and it changes. She says, this is a Halcyon Central Bank. From the information I've gathered, we think that this is his target. Pile Driver 
is a pretty powerful villain. He has the ability to pulverize and reshape or reform uh, stone, concrete, uh, other kinds of rocks and minerals. He also has a superhuman physique. His intention is to rob the bank and make off with a whole bunch of money. Hmm. Gotcha. Simple. All right. To the point. All right. This should be relatively, relatively simple. And hopefully he's not going to try to broadcast it on the internet. I take a bunch, I take the, uh, I take our wooden spool that we use as a coffee table <laughs> and just like clear off everything off of it and then like draw like a makeshift map and replace, you know, add in some like Mountain Dew caps in here and here. Like, all right, the blue one's you, the green one's me. Like, all right, what's the plan? <laughs> Do we know if he's going to have any sidekicks or other help? Yes, he usually has a team of goons that travel with him. Hmm. All right, goons. We can handle goons. Uh, I feel like part of it too. Uh, chain link. Uh, oh, oh, that's right. You're in. You're in full robot robot mode, and so your drawing is like picture perfect. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, you were you were working on that, um, but. Uh, Zetabyte points to a section at the back and she says that's where the main vault is and that's going to be his target. Yes, I take a look at yeah, at all this. I've got the... yeah. I just have a nagging suspicion that it might not be quite as simple as all that. She crosses her but... arms. <laughs> that's all the intel I have. I understand. Um, <laughs> have you alerted the authorities? <laughs> I, or a better question is do we want to go in full like do we want to try to scare him off with our superhero presence and pose a threat to him or do we want to go in sneakily and wait for him to make the first move what do you all think hmm. I guess that would depend on if we've alerted the, alerted the authorities yes i go ahead and say I personally always prefer to have the element of surprise. She nods. We think he might have some of the cops under his pay. I've told one of the captains that I trust. As far as I'm aware, the entire force doesn't know. Good to know. Sneaky it is. So I think we all need to schedule bank appointments around the same time. <laughs> this might not be a good idea. Um... I'll go in and try to apply for a loan. Uh, you guys, you want to come in as my uh, witnesses to sign off on the loan for uh, a uh, food. Yeah, a food loan. Uh, <laughs> for eating food. Yeah, uh, yeah go ahead. She... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wanna... raises an eyebrow. I think I'm going to go Restaurant. ahead. Restaurant. Yeah. I think I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, and just... Go in and just interrupt him and say, I don't think it's going to be necessary to be that. What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. I don't think that's going to be necessary. We just need to be in. Yeah, we just need to be in and around the bank when this heist is taking place. Gotcha. Wait, are we going to a food bank? No, <laughs> we're not. 
Okay. Just making Unless sure. Unless we need to because we're hungry. Just yes. making sure. Yes, I give Candace a look that, that just says, excuse my friends, they're idiots. <laughs> She's been looking at you incredulously this whole time, but she doesn't bother saying anything. <laughs> oh, and um, earlier, Vincent, when you made a comment about it sounding too easy, uh, you could tell that she definitely got defensive about it. Hmm. I see. Now that's interesting. Very interesting. I'll just file that one in the back of my mind. She also says, We believe that he's planning the heist this afternoon, as early as an hour from now. Yes. Great. All right. All right, I guess we better go ahead and get and get over there then. If you guys want to be inside... Also, uh, GM, a little over the top. Uh, can I have a car? It doesn't have to be a good one. It just needs to be a car. <laughs> yeah, totally. You have a crappy car. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I just imagine that he pulled it out of a junkyard and just stuck things to oh, it yeah, until no. it worked. It is, yeah, it's a... Uh, <laughs> It's, it's an old Jeep Cherokee that runs forever, but, you know, blue and rust. Here's what I think. I think that you found a crappy old Jeep Cherokee, and you run it just by your own electronics. Okay. Like, when no one's looking, you just plug into it and just supercharge it yourself. Come on, fellas. And... <laughs> it's 90s, totally radical. Now, if you don't want that to be the fiction, we can change that. I love it. Okay. That way no one can steal it. <laughs> okay. Very nice. So, the yeah, so what she's shown us is that Okay, did she tell us what the um pile driver's game plan is? Like is he going to have some minions going in the back or you can ask her. I'll go ahead and do that then. Go. All right. So what yeah, how does pile driver usually go in? Does he just run in and with the machine guns blazing or is he going to send some, yeah, or is he going to send in some goons in the back while while someone else keeps the front distracted? Usually he has his goons take hostages while he goes and performs the robbery. Ooh, I just had an idea. I think yeah. I think two of us should be in the lobby and hide among the hostages. <laughs> that way we can keep the, yeah, that way we can keep the actual hostages as safe as possible and deal with the goons if necessary. That should probably be those of us that are public superheroes that don't have secret identities. So that way they aren't affected or lost unless we pretend to be someone additional that we're not. Zetabyte just kind of looks at you. Yeah, I'm also not quite sure what he just said. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, if there are going to be hostages, and this it, it, the, the robbery hasn't started yet, shouldn't we warn the bank right now so they can get people out of there? Our objective is to capture Piledriver. Mm-hmm. And if we warn the bank ahead of time, he could be alerted, and he might slip away. Yes, I I'm going go to try to pierce the mask here. Right, I was going to go ahead and point out, yeah, knowing these supervillains, he might also have operatives on the inside. Can I pump nice. in, pipe in again? 
Um, you pipe in, and then Connor, you can make the pierce the mask move. Okay. But should our first priority be to avoid any injuries or anyone, um, uh, you know what I mean. Pile Driver's been responsible for two other major robberies within the last six months. Our objective is to get him off the streets so he can't do any more harm. Yes, I agree entirely. That's why I feel our best bet is to is to split our forces so that we have we have two superheroes dedicated to dealing with pile driver and another two who are going to take care of yeah, take care of limiting collateral damage. <laughs> nice. Connor, you want to roll pierce the mask? Yeah. 3 All right, that's an 11. Awesome. That means you get to ask 3 questions. Sweet. Uh, so, yeah, what are you really planning? Um, what do you intend to do? And how could I get you to... I guess that one's maybe The last one is how can I get influence over you? Yeah. Okay, nice. Not, yeah, not how to get your character to do blank. I think that's actually more likely. It, like, you know, how could I get you to give me an endorsement? I want that 1,000 followers. I want to get that oh myself. <laughs> okay, nice. So... One at a time. Uh, the first question you had is, "What are you really planning?" Yes. So this is not. This is a. Um, this is not necessarily a conversation that you have, or maybe it is. Uh, in any case, she is planning to do exactly what she says, Makes and sense. she she wants to impress her mentor, and. Um, yeah, she wants to impress her mentor. She wants to impress Megabyte. And uh, he kind of left her in charge of this. And uh, he has a particular way of doing it. And so she's trying to do it exactly the way that he described. All right. Thank you very much. Sounds like a plan. So you have two other questions that you can ask. Cool. I don't think any of these... Um... I guess, yeah, I guess, yeah, what do you want me to do? And, let's see, how could I get your character to, uh, yeah, how could I get you, uh, to give me a shout-out on your Insta-feed? Nice. So, you ask, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Okay, uh, so, she wants you to help her capture Pile Driver. Uh, it's very straightforward, Aww. and you ask her in person, hey, how can you, like, how can I get you to boost me on social media? Yeah. And uh, she's like, well, I mean, uh, I feel like that's not very professional. Um, I think that's not appropriate for a working relationship, which we have. Oh, I mean... You know, agree to agree to disagree. Marketing's everything these days. If you're not, you know, if you're not up, keeping up with the times, your personal business is gonna fail. But you know, I, I understand. There's a there's a fine line between personal uh, life and social media life, and I understand keeping the two separate. Uh, sounds like a plan. Who is? I plan on going outside and just sticking in the. Uh, ATM lane in my car undercover. Um, who's going in as a uh, 
as a civilian in disguise, and uh, who's not? Okay. Lois speaks up and says, I will stay outside with you. Alright, bro time in the car. Looks like it's you guys on the inside. Hmm. I guess I glance at her and go, yeah. Give you a big wink. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. Alright. Any object? Yeah, I go ahead and uh, ask Snidabite any objections? Um, she looks like she objects to the whole team, but she doesn't say anything. She just kind of <laughs> shakes her head. Uh, I mean, can't say I blame her too much, but... All right, let's do this thing. <laughs> All right. All right. So you guys head outside the Zuggerat. Um, Chainlink, you've got your crappy old Jeep Cherokee sitting out front. So Zetabyte steps outside, takes one look at your Jeep and goes... Actually, I, I think I'll walk. All right, uh, your choice, but she is a f- he is a fully functioning automobile, and <laughs> give it an elbow, and you know, sort of the like you know, starts off. up a little. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like you know, lean into it, reach in, stick my finger in the electrical socket, and you know, kind of flick it to life. I'm looking real dumb. <laughs> she like. <laughs> She, like, makes a face and then shakes her head. No, thanks. I'll see you at the bank. All right. Right on. Time is of the essence. Love gets in the passenger door. Okay. You guys have fun on your walk together. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Uh, All right. uh, Okay. So the two of you are left standing there, and uh, Zetabyte takes off at a brisk walk, and you guys... Uh, make your way towards the bank. Okay. Um, she's pretty quiet. She's not super talkative. Uh, you guys walk down the street and you come to like a crosswalk and the light's red so you gotta wait. Um, and she finally speaks up and says, how's the arm? Yeah, I look at it and go, same as always. The pain never quite goes away, but I've learned to live with it. She gives you a funny look as you're crossing the street. And she says, You know, I know the reason that the Wraith attacked that night when we first worked together. You know, the the crazy, creepy supervillain that we fought. You drew him to the stadium, didn't you? I I consider for a moment to say, I'm I'm not entirely sure how those things work. But it does seem to take more interest in me than in others. <laughs> I'm just, you know. Yeah. Answers to her questions, I just go. I don't volunteer information that is not uh, requested <laughs> regarding that, so. <laughs> Dude, you are bombing this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Look. Uh-huh. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm not great at this whole thing, okay? <laughs> I feel like what's happening right now is that Chainlink, you found a way to, like, hack Mayfly's phone. Oh, yeah. I think you guys have earpieces because you have to communicate as a team, and you just said that over his earpiece. Yeah, the correct response is, 
oh, it's fine, and then you flex it and maybe put it over her shoulder. Oh, my gosh. I talked to a lot of 90s technology. You know, I get a lot of John Hughes influences. At this point, I just reach up and just like... (laughs) (laughs) So you take out your earpiece. Left pops in and says, I think he put his earpiece out. Uh, I'll text him. (laughs) (laughs) Your phone starts blowing up. I set it to silent. (laughs) I'm sure he's fine. So as as I'm driving to the place, uh, I'll probably... uh, you know, like, you know, after that, I'll lean over, talk to Lev, be like, you know, hey, you saw that, you know, interaction with the uh, coach today. Uh, you sure you're feeling okay? Are you? Hmm? Oh. Sure you're feeling yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling myself. Um, Is yourself feeling good? Good? Um, I don't know. I am, um, I'm worried. Wanna? You realize you know, that this hey, is the second arm I've taken off, right? <laughs> hey, you know, that's uh, a lot of great heroes have taken off arms. Uh, Darth Vader, well, he came here eventually. <laughs> thinking of all the VHSs I've looked at, uh, Anakin Skywalker. No, he, but you know, he, he same situation. Um, <laughs> Those hey, are the bad know, guys, Ob- not the good guys. Hey, Obi-Wan took off a head, okay? And he was still a good <laughs> oh, guy. Oh, a bad guy. Yeah, that's a good point. Not a teacher. Hey, you... If and This is an invitation. If you want, I can try to relieve your... Did Obi-Wan guilt. take Yoda's arm off? <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen the newer ones. <laughs> but, hey, um... If you want to talk about it, and this is an invitation for me to, like, if you want me to relieve your guilt with uh, my comfort or support, that's okay. But if you just want to listen to loud music and vibe out till we get there, that's okay, too. I don't want to feel guilty about it. The first time was a complete accident. I didn't even know what was going on. Suddenly, bam, boom, razzle, dazzle, and metal goes flying, and then suddenly the coach is there and his arm is gone. And then they're yeah. beating me up. I didn't even know what was going on. It wasn't until two days later that I figured it out. And then mom and dad come to me. They're like, oh, sorry, son. There's an accident when you're four years old. We took you to the lab where we shouldn't have taken you. And now you have these strange powers. That's, uh... But this one with the teacher, I should have been control myself. I should have done better. I destroyed the entire stadium. Do you know how much that costs? I'd run a number. Uh, that's going to be uh, $1.2 million. <laughs> well, yeah, it's subsidized by... What's they're called? Spatial? <laughs> yeah, spatial. I guess that's nice. That was nice. But you can't and, put a price you know, on arm, can you? In my mind, you're better for it. Search the black market. Uh... Solid armor one, you're like $800. <laughs> Wait, are you saying we should gamma a new arm? Uh, uh, probably not a good idea. Robot one's cheaper. <laughs> okay. Hey, every every 80s movie 
will tell you that high school is the most important thing in the world. <laughs> They're all lying. They are. What you do, like what you do right now, is important, but it's not. What you did was important. I don't want to take anything away from that, but it's not going to be as important as what's going to happen. I guarantee all of us are going to take a lot of hits. Probably going to lose, you know, some limbs ourselves. Hey, maybe you'll even lose one. But, uh, but I don't think what happened then should affect us now. Because otherwise, uh, that's, you know, it's just going to hold us back some more. We can't do any better if we're, you know, stuck in the past. I guess you're right. Uh, yeah. I need to move forward. Thank you. You know, you're really good at this. You know, just human emotions, that's, uh, that's what us humans have to, you know, stick to. Otherwise, what are we? I really quickly, you know, turn on the metal station, <laughs> and it's, uh... No, I turn on the static, it's static, and I start bobbing my head to it. <laughs> like, oh shoot, and, you know, turn on, you know, you know, Master of Puppets or something. <laughs> nice, nice. Hey, that was amazing. I almost don't want to make you roll for the comfort or support roll. It was just that okay. good. I'll do it anyways. It's... Yeah, go, go ahead and roll to see how successful it is. Uh, even if you miss all that slide, probably. That's an 11. Okay. Nice. Awesome. So it sounds like it worked. Uh, you talked to him and, and Way Down opened up. So you guys have a couple options. Way Down, you can mark a potential, clear a condition, or shift your labels. And Chainlink, you can either add one to the team pool, or you can clear a condition that you have to. I'll add one to the pool. I'm clear of conditions, I think. Nice. Awesome. So that puts you guys up to three in the team pool. Sweet. Very nice. If we get there, obviously I think we might get there early before they do. Um, in driving there, I want to use my dangerous web move. I want to set a trap. Okay. Interesting. Um, it says, uh, when you reveal a trap you've left for someone using your power, roll plus your mask's label on hit, your opponent trips it, and you get opening opportunity against them. On a plus ten, take plus one forward and pursuing them on a miss. Trap inadvertently leads to dangerous escalation. <laughs> um, the trap I want to do is, I'm guessing, this bank, you can, you know, has like a wind, you got the ATM area, there's a window you can sort of see in. Mm-hmm. You know, to what's going on inside. I want to use my, you know, chains to sort of get in the uh, pneumatic tube system. <laughs> and uh, see, you know, with the window, try to aim it. So uh, if he comes in and, you know, springs my trap, then I can chain him up out of the, you know, out of surprise. Nice. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So you set the trap and then later you can reveal it. And then you get to roll plus your mask label. So uh, when you uh, when they trigger that, you can make that roll. Okay, so the front doors of the bank, are they like a regular door you'd open up and close? Like a, not doorknob, but like a push or a pull kind of door? Or is it like an automatic door? They are... Uh, good question. What do you think? Well, for the purposes of what I want to do, I want them to be regular and not automatic. But thinking about, well, I know, yeah, I think we push and pull. 
It wouldn't necessarily be automatic. It's something you'd see in Walmart, not necessarily on a bank. Yeah, like a, you know, glass metal, like, you know, black metal on the edges and the glass, kind of, that kind of door. Anyways, standard business door. So, now did, um, Zetabyte tell us that this guy's gonna walk through the front door, did she think? She did not say. She didn't say what, how he thought he'd get through. Okay. Oh, gosh. And then we have to... Huh. Okay, I just gotta think about weighing down the doors to make it harder to get in. To slow him down a bit. But now that I think about it, they stop customers from leaving, too, so I can't do that. I'm oh! Sure. Right. Uh... Nah, never mind. I'm not inside. I can't do that, either. Keep going. Okay, cool. So, at this point... Okay, so... As you, the two of you finally pull into the bank, the bank's parking lot proper. As you do that, you see a hulking figure dressed in like blue jeans, a white shirt, kind of a a safety vest and construction helmet. He's got a bandana tied around his face and there's a troop of similarly dressed uh, goons following after him. Like they're not even hiding. They're in broad daylight and uh, a lot of the goons have shotguns. Oh, great. He walks up to the front doors and just smashes right through them. He is about 45 minutes early and the rest of your team isn't there. Will our heroes be able to stop Pile Driver? Will Zetabyte finally join the team? Will Dan ever figure out how to become a real boy? Tune in to the next episode of Dice and Decepticons to find out. Thanks so much for tuning in to this special episode of Dice and Decepticons. You can follow us on Twitter at Dice Decepticons for show updates and announcements. My name is Robert Kerr, and I'll see you next time. Bye.